You are listening to the 9 to 5 Outsiders Podcast with me, Usman Diallo, where you can learn tips and ideas on how to overcome the challenges of leaving your job to start your own business journey. If you are all about challenging the status quo and will not settle for average, then you have come to the right podcast. So if you are listening to this podcast right now, chances are you have student loan, credit card, or medical debts. As a matter of fact, for the first time in history, our nation has recognized as a record of $1.5 trillion of student loan debt, leaving millions of Americans struggling to pay off their debt. That is why I've partnered with Mediator Debt Solutions, a company that specializes in helping thousands of people like you acquire financial debt relief by helping them resolve their student loan, credit card, medical, and other forms of unsecured debt. Mediator Debt Solution has helped thousands of people reduce their debt with 40% to 60% saving and become debt-free within two to three years. To learn more about your free consultation, go to www.phpdebtsolutions.com slash sm slash 12729 or click on the link in the episode's description details for your free consultation. You're listening to A Father Heard, a show that focuses on faith, family, and wellness. I'm so glad that you decided to join me on this afternoon. It is Sunday, July 14th, 2019. This is episode three, yes, I believe, episode three. And um, I have a have a guest here with me today. His name is Usman Diallo. Um, and my podcast focuses on faith, family, and wellness. I'm not sure if I said that. I'm kind of nervous since I have a guest with me. And hopefully mm-hmm. I can get my words out correctly. I mix two um, of us. <laughs> and just be able to to bring some, some amazing content today. And so we're going to be discussing um, fatherhood and financial literacy and, you know, having Usman um, come in and just, you know, talk a little bit about what he does as far as far as finances and, and and how he hasn't been impacted by fatherhood and things of that nature. But um, I want to let you let him, excuse me, um, say a little bit about himself before we get started. And so you guys just buckle in. And if you have um, time, go ahead and grab a pen and grab some paper and take notes. Um, don't leave it to your mind to try to just re- remember all of this information, but really be intentional about trying to capture the nuggets that are going to be dropped on this afternoon. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, Marcus. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it, it's really an honor. And I want to say I want to congratulate you on going on to that on, on that journey of, you know, helping fathers with your podcast. One of the reasons why I actually came is because I listened to one of your podcasts where you mentioned you talked about getting out of your comfort zone, not staying in your comfort zone. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let me, let me go out there. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So a little bit about myself. My name is Usman Diallo. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the host of KDB Nation on YouTube. I'm also a financial professional, and one of my passion is to educate people about financial literacy, uh, which is a big thing in America right now. So, uh, yeah, any questions you have for me to get started? I'm ready to go. 
Okay, so we'll, we're going to go ahead and we'll kind of warm up just a little bit since we're um, we're getting started. Um, it's interesting because um, I was listening to to Usman on his um, his show that he did on Facebook Live, and he was interviewing um, a buddy of mine or a buddy of ours, uh, Mr. Isaac Rowe. Um, shout out! And um, so I went ahead and you know participated in the contest that um, you know Usman had going on, and I actually won. And so we were corresponding back and forth between. Mm-hmm. Um, between me- on messenger and he said to me he's like um, you know whatever you need just let me know and so that's kind of how this all transpired um, and so I appreciate um, the heart that he has for service and being able to connect people and he and I don't know each other very well we've met probably I say maybe, maybe twice twice yeah. three or four months ago you know in our fatherhood group and whatnot but he has um you know he has um, a good heart and and it's about the people, and so I'm glad that we're able to, to sit here today together and, and kind of sift through some of these things. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll, um, we'll go ahead and we'll get started. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I guess, tell me a little bit about yourself okay. and where you're from, you know, what you do. Okay, great. So a little bit about myself. I'm originally from uh, the Ivory Coast, West Africa. So I was born and raised there, and at a very young age, my parents always told me, hey, if you ever graduate from high school, you get a chance to go anywhere you want in the world and just like most people want to come to America that was my dream okay so since a little boy I remember watching movies about Will Smith and all this and I was like man one day I'll get a chance to come to America okay so I came here you know after high school and uh, you know just just like anybody coming to a new country it was a culture shock couldn't couldn't speak the language went through a lot of different things but eventually everything worked out you know and uh, I wanted to go to school and have a degree because I thought that was the only way to be successful so I went to school got a degree in accounting and then I realized that I didn't really like accounting after all right Uh, it took me a while to get a job and that's where actually my journey into financial services got started because I was like hey maybe I can just go get a license and learn about how to help people with their finances so that's kind of like where everything got started and I uh, became very passionate about the, the mission of educating people with their personal finance and along the way became a fa- father and, uh, and and things just went from there. Okay, <clears throat> okay. so when you um, moved here to the States, did you immediately move to Austin or where did you move I was, to? I was in Houston because my sister used to live in Houston. I was in Houston for a little bit. And it's funny because as soon as I moved here, the plan was I was going to live with her until I get on my feet okay. and start doing things on my own. But as soon as I got here, she got married okay. and she gave me that look like, OK, it's time, to go. time to go. <laughs> so I ended up just moving here to Austin with my brother. And uh, and there's just been in Austin since 2005 and it's been a blessing. Okay, so you came to Austin in 2005. So mm-hmm. what brought you to Austin? Austin. Well, she was living in Austin. So okay. I figured, hey, if I want to move to a, to a new place, I'd rather be somewhere where you know, I already know someone from there. So that's kind of like why I decided to come to Austin. Okay, so I've been in Austin for quite some time, like close mm-hmm. to over 20 years, I believe. And um, I've definitely seen the growth happen um, in this city. Absolutely. It's, if you take a look, you'll see cranes everywhere and... You know, I have my feelings about the growth and, you know, growth mm-hmm. is, is, is necessary sometimes. Um, but what do you think about all the growth that's happening um, right well, now? Well, just like uh, any type of evolution, uh, I feel like it has, it's, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. 
right? There's a good part to it. You know, the economy is great. You know, I think Austin is one of those cities that has very low unemployment rate. So it's lots of jobs here in Austin, mm -hmm. right? People are coming in from different places. But for people that are, have a, that are having a hard time getting ahead financially, it might be tough, you know, because, you know, property taxes is going up, you know. It is. I mean, when I first moved to Austin, a one-bedroom apartment was about 487 you know, you can't get anything for 487 today. If you don't have at least $900, you won't even get an apartment. So on, on, on that would be like the downside. You know, people are not people that are struggling financially. You know, my fund because I think I was I was reading some statistics that actually says that you know the amount of people moving to, moving out of Austin is just growing and growing every day because people can't afford to live there. Mm -hmm. You know, so. So that's what I've but in in, uh, in a nutshell to me the good thing is that you know it's bringing more more jobs you know Apple is about to bring another campus you know in, in the next 2 years so so it's it's some good part the downside is that you know people that can't afford to live here have to leave but you know it's just part of any any small city that's becoming a big city exactly and i think that's why the financial literacy piece is, is so important and just as many people are are leaving this city they're being replaced very quickly. I think oh, wow. yesterday I was talking to someone, actually yeah, Friday I was talking to someone and I think the statistic is like there are 150 new people moving to Austin That's every single people. day. You know, I think a few years ago it was like 110, 120 and now, you know, they're saying 150. And I do most of my work on the road going to meet fathers and I'm definitely seeing the 150, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, in, in the traffic flow. But definitely, um, you know, it's important to figure out how we can get ahead of the curve um, when things are shifting and, and not necessarily be left behind. Mm -hmm. um, so just I guess Austin is a great place. I've been here for a while. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, if you could be any place in the world, where would you be and why? If I could be in any place in the world, you know, you asked me that. It's going to have to be a place where very tropical place with palm trees or, you know, next to the beach and the sand, the water. It's going to have to be a place where, you know, not not too much of a, of a city type of life, you know, where, you know, I have access to you know, clean air and things like that. I can't think of anything. I never been to Hawaii. I never been to the Bahamas. I've been to uh, uh, the uh, forgot the name of the island, but um, the Virgin Islands. Okay. So it's gonna have to be something close to that. But I don't have any specific place in my in my in my mind. Okay. I've never been to Hawaii either, but I hear Hawaii is amazing. I heard it's beautiful. The and water is just beautiful. Yeah, I had a, a friend that I went to college with. He um ended up going to Hawaii, I think like a year after he graduated, and he has not come back. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and every year he's he just decided to live there. Yeah, every year he's like, I will be back, you know, next year, I'll be back next year. He and just wanna stay there. Yeah, here well, we are like fifteen years later and he's me, like surfing every day. Maybe you know? he'll be something like Bora Bora. Because <laughs> I keep hearing good good things about Bora Bora. So maybe that would be the place I like to be. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So let's go ahead and we'll jump into um, this father piece and, and, and kind of transition into the, the financial um, portion of this of this segment. Mm -hmm. But um, so how many children do you have? I have three. I have a 15, 18, 15 year old, 18, uh, 15, eight and three. Okay. So he's got a, all boys. Okay. So he's got three boys, which means his house is super quiet. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> super quiet. <laughs> My house is like a reality TV show, man. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess it was maybe about three weeks ago mm -hmm. we had bumped into each other at um, the Man and Me cookout and we were talking about, you know, how many kids he has mm -hmm. and 
I thought he had maybe one or two, but he said he had three, and then he said he had a 15-year-old, and yeah. you should have seen the look on my face when that came out of his mouth, because <laughs> like, he doesn't look a day over know, 15 right? himself. You know? <laughs> so, so um, Started early, man. I started early. <laughs> okay, so I guess starting early, like, what was it like when you first became a father, uh, and how have you grown into your role? Oh, man. You know, I was scared. I was really scared. And it's funny because I asked Isaac the same questions too. I was like, when you, when you, when your wife told you she was gonna, she was pregnant, how was your reaction? He was like, I was happy, but I was scared at the same time. That was the same thing for me because I was like, here I am trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And then I got to take care of someone else. So it's like, cause you know, this whole thing that you grow up, you're responsible for yourself. You're not perfect. You're always thinking, what do I need to do to improve? And then there's another person that comes into place. So for me, that was just a big, oh my God, what am I gonna do? But what I've learned from that experience is that, you know, just like you mentioned in, in your in your previous podcast, it's all about, you know, um, getting outside of your comfort zone, you know, learning. I think me become a father really pushed me to be a better man, pushed me to grow and pushed me to, you know, want to instill different type of values, not just in myself, but in the next generation. So for me, that was, that, that was a good experience. Some of the hardest thing, it's just learning to be patient because kids are different. You know, yes, they, they, they try you. <laughs> they, you know, they try you. They 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 they, they, they 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 try. But you know, as in my in my house, you know, I believe in in some core values. You know, one of, one of the things that my mentor taught me was in his household, it's all about lead, improve, respect, and love. Lead, improve, respect, and love. So I try to get close to uh, some of his that type of mindset in my family. For me, it goes. It goes in spirit, spirituality, emotional stability, and legacy. So when I talk about spirituality, I'm talking about being the leader in the house as far as religion, you know, teaching my kids at a very young age, you know, to have some type of faith, you know, to believe in something. Respect is about, I grew up in a, in a household where you have to respect everybody, even mm-hmm. the janitor. That's how I was raised. Yes. Like if if I'm home with uh, one of my, my mom's friends or my father's friends and my fathers are not there, they automatically become the person I have to respect. They're like my parents. So yes. I was ready to respect everybody that's older than you. So that's one thing I'm trying to instill in my children as well. Emotional stability is about sh- showing them that it's okay to love. You know, I think... We live in a society where with social media and all of, I mean, you can go on Facebook right now, look at someone's profile and start hating your life, mm-hmm. right? So I want to exactly. teach my kids that what you see might not necessarily what life is really all about. You have to learn to love yourself. And of course, discipline is one thing that I'm big, I'm big about. You know, uh, I believe that kids should be disciplined. I'm not talking about abusing any kids physically or anything like that, but having some type of discipline where they have to earn everything that they get, right? And legacy building to me is all about financial legacy, teaching my teaching my children the import, the importance of financial literacy. I think those are all all very good things. Um, this morning I actually was teaching um, some of the elders that I know at um at one of the churches here in Austin, and it was on what are the qualities for effective leadership in the home and mm-hmm. i think that spirituality piece is very important and so i think sometimes like we can get so focused on making sure that our children are good morally which is a great goal but that ne- isn't necessarily the end game right mm-hmm. and so you know through my faith values um 
I hope that my children will be able to experience like the love and saving grace that I have, you know, through my creator and, and what he has blessed me with. And that that really is the ultimate goal when it comes That's important when it comes to raising your children. Absolutely. And then um, I guess thinking about like the last piece that we ended with, with that that financial literacy. Financial literacy. So how do you go about teaching that to your children? Because well, I know like for me, I think it's extremely important to understand, you know, um, how to navigate through finances and you know, just the other day I heard someone say really like the mindset that we get around finances is something that is is taught to us by our parents, either, either intentionally or unintentionally taught to us. You know, and I wish that was a piece that I got um, younger from mine. Like my parents definitely did teach me things about finances and in regards to the spiritual sense and and you know tithing and things of that nature. But there were some some things that I didn't necessarily learn from them. Um, and so, you know, I, I want to be able to go forward in my own life and be able to impart into my children some of the things that I've picked up at a much later later age mm-hmm. and I'm still continuing to work on now to this day, you know. And so what do you think is important to being able to, to teach well, your kids for, this? First of all, I think uh, two of the greatest books that was ever written in the history of mankind out of the Bible and some of the spiritual books. I'm not Christian or anything, but I believe in, in, in spirituality and, and I believe in you know uh, the, the the books of the religion and even if when you look at the bible or the quran you know they talk about you know saving for the future already mm-hmm. so that's something that it didn't just start it today yes. you know it started a long time ago for me i grew up in an environment my dad was he taught us financial literacy at a very very young age you know when i was when i was uh, when i was a teenager i remember you know, all of my friends, they used to have toys for Christmas, different type of, of toys and, and things like that and diff- different type of gifts. But my dad, we always have something educational. Mm-hmm. He was all, always about learning something, right? And, uh, and at a young age, I didn't really understand what it was. I was like, why do I have to? I want to have toys like my friend. I want to yes. be a regular kid. <laughs> I don't want to have, you know, uh, I don't want to watch you know, educational videos about how to take care of your money or do those type of things but that started at a very long young age for us and I give you an example right my dad was one of those people if it, if you ask him something hey dad maybe I want to go buy some shoes I need $20, $20 or $40 right he'll give you $20 you go and you buy the shoes and he would expect you to come and give him the change. Okay. And let's just say you <laughs> let's just say you forget you forget to give him the change. You're like, oh, I completely forgot about it. And you come two weeks later. Hey, Dad, uh, I want to buy this. Oh, yeah. Uh, how much is it? Oh, uh, it's twenty dollars. He'll give you fifteen dollars. You'd be like, <laughs> what happened to the five? Oh, remember last time you, you already have the, the change. <laughs> so at a young age already, I started to learn that man, money is something that needs to be. It's 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 a resource that I need to be, it's val- it's a valuable resource but at the same time you know I need to learn how to take care of it because I can't just waste it. So my dad he always taught us the importance of not wasting money. Always making sure that you save and you invest in your future and that's something that we were talking about in the household investment. So I mean I was blessed uh, you know to have some people we used to say that my dad was is a little stingy when it comes to money <laughs> but I think I think that's something that really helped me to become the person that I am today yeah I think it's important to to really understand the the value of being able to save and and also being able to invest like you said um, mm-hmm. I was listening to this other podcast the other day on financial literacy and teaching your kids the responsibility 
And this guy was like 25 years old and talking about how his father, um, you know, gave them an allowance when they were younger. I think it was like $5 when they were in kindergarten, $10 when they made it to middle school, mm. and then 15 like when they got to high school. And everything that they needed to buy, they pretty much had to buy for themselves outside of like, yeah. you know, making sure that the lights were on and yeah, you had budget. AC. <laughs> and so, but like his dad took him and opened up a bank account with him. So he had to do his like own banking and all that stuff. Like at a really early age, like his dad sat down with him wow. and showed him how to do his taxes. That's you know? great. Like I don't even know how to do my taxes at my age. You know what I mean? I mean, I've done it before, but out of convenience, like I pay somebody else to do it, you mm-hmm. know? But um, so I think it's really important to, to you know, instill in, into our children those values early. And like if we have a shortcoming, we really have to figure out what we can do to to get past that and to educate ourselves because there's so much information out there all you have to do is just click a button Mm -hmm. and 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 you can you know be able to learn what you need to do or or connect with whoever can show you how to do that um so how did you get into the um the financial excuse me the financial industry the financial industry well um i did um, just like I mentioned earlier with my dad, at a very young age, because of my um, my experience with money, right? I used to be the kids that if someone comes and give me 20 bucks, I had like a little box and I put the money in there. Okay. So save. So at a very young age, I was always good about saving. But what I realized is that most of my friends weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it was due to the fact that, you know, um, I, I had the chance to have a, my, my father to educate me about that at a very young age. So for me, it's always been easy to, you know, save money, put money on the side, sacrifices. But I realized that a lot of people were struggling with it. Mm-hmm. So, so when I got introduced to uh, insurance and financial services, I said, "Wow, this could be a vehicle, you know, for for me to use, you know, what what I believe it's already my, you know, uh, my my abilities and use my abilities to help other people understand, help people understand the importance of." financial literacy especially today in america when student loan debt is actually through the roof we got people i mean the average american household has about three credit card debts you know we're not educating about how to save our money but we are constantly pushed to spend 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 Mm -hmm. so i felt like this was probably my calling and i said i want to do something like this so i was introduced to it by accident because um i was working at the time and one of my co-workers introduced me to his friend who had a very successful business in the insurance and financial services industry and that was at the time where I was about to become a father okay so so I was like wow I have three children and I never knew about this how many other people out there don't know about this and I want to be in a position to help these people yeah I think there are a lot of people that definitely are in that boat of, of not knowing. And so it sounds like you have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I remember looking through oh, your absolutely. bio, mm-hmm. um, you had started a, a couple businesses at age 14 and 16. Yes, yes. So tell me a little bit about that. So uh, at the age of 14 or 15, you know, I was I was always looking for ways to make money, you know. So one of the, one of the businesses that I was in with one of my friends, at the end of the school year, we would go and we would, we would uh, sell our books, uh, school year books. Okay. Or we would exchange them for other books. And then we go and sell them. We go on the black market, you know. We bargain the price, trying to find a cheaper, cheaper, uh, a cheaper way to buy the books and resell the books. Okay. So that was that was my thing. Also got involved in uh, selling uh, um, 
sports attire, you know. Um, I had a friend who used to work for a company where he would always have different type of new clothes and new shoes, sports, you know, tennis shoes or sports, sportswear. And he would just say, hey, if you can sell, I, I bought this for 10 bucks, for example. If you can sell it for 20 bucks, you keep the five. Mm -hmm. Profit. So, profit. So for, for me, I was like, oh, yes, I can do this. <laughs> so at a very young age, I, 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 that's when I started to develop the thrill of entrepreneurship, of wanting to do business. And that's kind of like where you all got started. Okay. And I think, um, you know, being an entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurial mind is something I've kind of delved into myself from from time to time but i was looking at something earlier today and this she's um i think she's 19 and she's um an instagram star however the young folks call her whatever but she was selling um her bath water and so bath she's water? yeah her bath water what so she sold 500 units of her bath water which was way more than she expected to sell in able to to make money you know and so how do you make money selling bath water really yeah she definitely wow. did it and you know so she put it inside of a jar and and people were going ahead and and, and buying that stuff up and so really i mean if i say <laughs> i guess as long as it's legal ethical and moral you know <laughs> go ahead and figure out how you can can make your paper stack you know what i mean um so one of the things that he had, you had touched on a little bit earlier mm -hmm. um, was kind of like that, I guess, that idea of like instant gratification. So obviously, like thinking about this Instagram star, mm -hmm. um, someone was not willing to to hold on to their money because I know I wouldn't buy anybody's bath water, you know, but <laughs> but someone wasn't willing to hold on to their money because they wanted to have this instant gratification mm -hmm. of possessing you know someone's bathwater, which is you know really ridiculous but um you know it is what it is and i think there are lots of other things um you know that keep people from wanting or being able to save or to invest invest because they always have have to have like the next latest and greatest and they're not content or satisfied with mm -hmm. with um the things that they have so what should someone do like if they're looking to get started Mm -hmm. And and they're dealing with the ch the challenge of waiting too long or not being not feeling like they have enough to to be able to step out and do the things that they need to do. So like talking about like procrastination or how, how can someone just deal with procrastination? Is that yeah, definitely. There was one of the videos that um, I had listened to where you're talking about the six enemies of wealth. Oh yes, and mm -hmm. so procrastination was one of the things that you had you had mentioned. Yes, people just waiting too long yeah. to get started and mm -hmm. and missing out on the, yeah. the the value of compounding interest and things of that nature. Absolutely. But I, um, go I, ahead. I think there there is a misconception about um, building wealth and creating wealth, right? And a lot of people think that you need a whole lot of money to start. You need a lot of money to start investing, to start saving for the future. But it's not about starting with a lot of money, it's about starting early. And I think that's one of the biggest issues because financial education, financial literacy is not taught in school. People don't really understand the power of compound interest. You know, I can't remember the name, but there's, there's a story about this guy. I can't remember his name. He used to work for a post office. That was like 30 or 40 years ago. And he worked for the post office, was making close to minimum wage, but he was saving his money. I remember hearing this story. You remember well. the story, right? Yes. He saved his money, and by the time he retired, he had over a million dollars. Imagine in the, in, the, in the 1980s, you have a million dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money. It's probably even way before that. But that was just an example of having the discipline to save. I know so many people today, and I have nothing against Starbucks. 
because that latte is good. <laughs> Trust me, I I love me some Starbucks from time to time. But I know people that can that can spend. We as a society, we spend about thirty dollars a month, or fifty or forty dollars a month on a cup of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't have time to put money aside to for our future, and and that's not our fault. I think it's the education system. That's that's lacking in, in providing financial financial literacy in, in, in institution, and this is one of the biggest reasons why we we drowning in debt as a country and people are struggling financially because we're not educated and and that's the number one re, one of the reason why people procrastinate because nobody ever took the time to educate them about you know their options. Yeah, and so I think you know education definitely is key, and and once you once you have have that new information you then have to put it into place you know so there's like the learn knowledge and then there's the activity knowledge mm-hmm. and that's where wisdom comes into play and so it's one thing to really know that I need to put put the money aside so mm-hmm. that I can can save for whatever it is um, and then it, it really is a completely different thing and more effective thing to really take the action step and, and put it into work and to work your plan. And, and I want to add another thing to that too. Uh, a lot of times people say, well, how am I supposed to save if I, how am I supposed to save for the future if I don't even have money at the end of the month, right? And, and I think that we live in a day and age where, you know, just living off of a regular job might not, not be enough. Because if you go back in history, in the past 30 years, our income as a country, a national uh, income, has been the same for the past 30 years but cost of living has skyrocketing it's increasing so yes. I believe that this is the day and time where people need to rely on a secondary source of source of income so if you have a, a, a job I mean, if you want to save for you it's important to save for the future and you're having some issues uh, saving because you don't have enough money with your first job it might be time to look for a secondary job it might be time for you to start a part-time business it might be time for you to start uh, figure out another way to make some money because in this day and age in in, in this economy you know uh just relying on one income might not be enough yeah it definitely is hard to make it on on one income and even having two incomes where you know in your household you're working and your your, your wife or partner is working as well um it's it really is important to figure out like what you can do to to increase you know increase um, your value um, and I know I'm surrounded in a, in a circle where lots of people are very entrepreneurial minded and so I think it I would impress upon you to figure out like what your purpose is in life and then if mm-hmm. you can figure out like how to monetize that um, not to like try to to you know be as filthy rich or whatever mm-hmm. but really to be able to to monetize so that you can understand what your worth is and the value that you can bring to the marketplace because we all have something to offer and we can go and work hard for our boss but why not work hard for yourself mm-hmm. in the meantime so no one says that you need to leave your job in order to do this you can also like he said do something on the side that you feel fulfilled in where you can be able to continue to help your family because that is the most important thing to do at the end of the day um, is to to take care of our family that we've been entrusted with. Um, there was something that I was reading um, about you when I was looking at, looking on LinkedIn, and um, it was talking about advocating diversity in an old industry mm-hmm. by empowering the middle class and the multicultural communities. Yes. So what does that mean, and what are some strategies to being able to... Um, 
experience the economic empowerment. Okay. So when I got involved in, in, in insurance and financial services, one of the things I was very passionate about, you know, what what we do, what the, the, the industry does, but I was also disappointed because I realized that uh, if you look at the financial services industry today, the average age of, a, of an agent is a 59-year-old white male. Right? Okay. So what does that mean? It's an industry that is not very diverse. You know, it's not a lot of minority in the industry, right? Uh, most, I believe, most CEOs in any type of financial services industry are in the 60s. So it's an industry that is not very attractive to the younger generation, to minorities, to immigrants, to people from all from different backgrounds. So uh, I, I wanted to be part of a company that was kind of like different from the traditional industry. So what I got involved with PHP Agency, which is which is the insurance firm that I work with. You know, I like the vision of the company of wanting to be the biggest, you know, financial firm and also the, the, the financial firm that was going to be like the United Nation of America. When you have people for all walks of life, people from different nationalities, people that comes from different countries. So I was very empowered by that message because I, and I saw the lack of that in, in the industry. And because of that, you have so many minorities in these countries. You know, they don't understand how to take care of their finances because nobody ever took the chance to come and sit down with them because the traditional industry, they don't have time to sit with most people unless you're making a quarter million dollars a year, unless you have a half half a million, a quarter million dollars a year in your bank account, they don't want to sit with you. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to use a different approach as a company where we are going to empower the middle class, people that break their back every single day, they go to work, they don't have anybody to talk to, we actually go out and talk to these people so that was a crusade and part of the crusade and, and, and the message of the company, which really kind of like, you know, energized me to really want it to be a voice for this industry. Okay. I think it's, yeah, that's, that's great stuff. I, I think diversity um, is important. And um, there was something that I was looking, looking at and it was around this idea of reparations, you know, being given to, to African-Americans and, you know, someone was, had made the comment that, you know, if we got that amount of money, um, we probably probably would end up spending it on rims or or completely blowing it and that sort of thing. And so I think, you know, when we think about um, our finances, we really do have to to shift our, our mindset if we want to want to be able to, you know, get the things that we need to get and be able to end up in the place that we desire to to be in at the end of the day. I think one of the, the books that I read that was really interesting to me is The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, yeah. Um, and That's really thinking, book. really thinking about like, you know, how we can be intentional with the places that we are are putting our money, you know, mm-hmm. so making sure that we are, you know, Giving and making sure that we are saving and also making sure that our money is being able to work for us at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And that's one of the things that I really want to, to teach to my children as they're growing up. And that's so important. And making sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do to, to you know, teach that to them as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, do you have any other, any other thoughts about, um, you know, financial literacy and mm-hmm. anything that any you talked about financial literacy? Yeah, that you're just dying to get out. Well, uh, there so many things to talk about, man. So many things to talk about. Um, to me, it's just we, because of the, the amount of information that we have access to now with technology, I think 
this is a time where we don't have any more excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can understand sometimes being overwhelmed with too much information, but we really don't have any excuses to find. I always say something. If 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 uh, that's one thing that I meant, my men, one of my mentors says, if a crackhead can figure out a way to find money for crack. Or an alcoholic can figure out a way to find money for alcohol. Mm-hmm. We can figure out a way to solve our problems if we really want to. We can. So it's all about it's it's all about a matter of you know our priorities. What are some of our priorities in life? Is if financial literacy is is not has not been our priority for a long time, maybe it's time to sit down and say, you know what, I need to be educated. You know, for me, I started learning about financial services just online. You know, just start reading stuff. You know, uh, I'll just come home every day and watch YouTube videos. Uh, w- one book that I would recommend absolutely would, would be Rich Dad, Poor Dad yes, by Robert it. Kiyosaki. Yeah, I've read Rich that Dad, Poor Dad. That was one book that completely changed my way of thinking as far as asset and liabilities. And I realized that I was spending money on car notes. I mean, if you need a car note, go get a car. But what I'm trying to say is that a car, it's something that depreciates in value. Right. Instead of buying something that that appreciating values. So learning about different things like that. Another book that I would recommend would be uh, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. Money Master the Games talks about investing. You know, how do you start investing without having so much, not a whole lot of money at the beginning, but you can start investing for the future. And then The Retirement Miracle by uh, Patrick Kelly. Those three books completely changed my way of thinking as far as how how, do, how I spend my money and how I save my money. So I would say start by uh, educating yourself or or if you want to have access to talk to someone that can help you. I mean, I'm always available. I'm available on, on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can reach out to me. You know, I love answering people questions and, and, and helping people understand how to take care of their finance. So so that's what I would say. Okay, well, I appreciate the the resources that you mentioned, and there you know there are lots of of great things out there and, and great resources that we can really be able to tap into to to gain the knowledge that we need to gain. Like I was saying earlier in the show, and we have no excuse to to um to not do better when we when we know better, you know. And so let's go ahead and as men, um, you know, take up the charge to do the things that we need to do to um to take care of our families. And I understand that there are lots of, we all have different circumstances that we're dealing with, but you know, it's important for us to, to get a hold of our, our finances and be able, and to educate ourselves so that we can pass on, you know, quality information um, to our children because they are watching. You are watching, um, Absolutely. you know, is being able to, to navigate through our finances is a discipline, just like when it comes to, to teaching our children, um, the morals and the values that we desire to have for them. That is, that is discipline as well. And so um, I would encourage you to, to do what you need to do. Um, you know, reach out to him if you need to. Um, reach out to someone in your local market if you need to, to find out the, thing, the information that you don't have. Um, so I guess as we're, we're wrapping up, I just want to say that I am appreciative of you coming out today and just taking the time to, to share and to talk and um, you know, it was informative for me, and, and there's definitely some things that I need to do on my end to to um, ensure that I'm passing on to my kids the, what I desire to pass on to them, and recognizing some of the shortcomings that I have in my own life. And I think 
as fathers is it is important to it is very important to have awareness of your own habits so that you can shift those things um so most definitely mm-hmm. i guess like a couple questions for you before we um actually get off this thing okay. so as a father what advice would you give to yourself as a new father what advice would i give to myself as a new father what do you mean by but I, let me let me let me understand this question what do you mean by it as a new father um, yeah so like when you were a new dad and like okay. looking back now at the position that you're in like what advice would you give yourself what advice would i give myself i'll i'll give myself to be i'll tell myself to uh be more patient you know understand that everything is a process you know nothing happens overnight and uh having children is a blessing but it requires some work and every single day it's a learning process every single day is an opportunity to be better and every single day it's an opportunity to teach your kids you know how to be uh how to be a, how, to, how to be a better human uh, better human and and uh, contribute to society okay that's what i would say all right <clears throat> and then one last question if there was a movie that was based on your life mm-hmm. what genre would it be in and who would play you oh man it's gonna have to be a uh, well. If I was a little bit, if I was probably six two or six three, I'll go with Will Smith. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say if there was a movie about my life. Uh, it will be some. It will be a, a movie about overcoming obstacles. Okay, so a movie about overcoming obstacles. Overcoming obstacles, because you know I feel like uh, my life has been a lot about overcoming obstacles, overcoming my own limiting beliefs. You know, and and just learning how to get out of the comfort zone. Okay, so you heard it here, folks. It's important to be able to figure out how to, to get outside your, your comfort zone and, and really look into the limiting belief systems that you have and, and being able to use those things to enhance yourself financially and become financially literate um, and being able to take care of your, your family. So I just want to say um, thank you all for taking the time to listen to A Father Heard. Um, If you've enjoyed this podcast, feel free to subscribe and share with your circle. Also, I love feedback from you. So if you have a praise for me to say that I'm doing a great job, you know, you know, send that my way. Um, If not, or if you have if you, you know, have a complaint or criticism or if you just have questions like I am available, um, I love feedback. And so you can email me at a father heard at gmail.com or you can just leave me a voice message through anchor um, we, we do have that capability and maybe you'll end up hearing yourself um, on the show or I might a- answer your question or, or share your review um, and so you know I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to sit here today with uh, Mr. Usman Diallo and to have a discussion around um, fatherhood and financial literacy and Just thank you for um, showing up on this afternoon and you've been listening to A Father Heard. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for having me, Marcus. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, and uh, just like usual, thank you for listening to the 95 Outsider Podcast. And if if you enjoyed this episode, right, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if it's your first time, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review on uh, any platform you're listening to, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcast you listen to. And um, let us know, you know what, it, what you think about the show. 
And if you like it, follow me on social media. I'm, in, I'm on Instagram, Twitter. You can find me at Usman Diallo TX. And um, yeah, glad to have you on the show today. And I will see you on the next episode. And remember, if you know more and you do more, you can become more.